Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to talk about the Red Yeti membership program, which we launched in the last six months. On this program, members can gain access to discounts of up to 50% off 70 plus startups in the outdoor space. In the last month alone, we've added 10 startups to the platform, and it doesn't look like we're slowing down anytime soon. Our goal is to have hundreds of startups on this platform so that members can go on and discover new brands that really align with their values and take advantage of all the discounts that are offered. In addition, members can apply to become ambassadors for these startups, all from one location. You fill out one form and then you just check which startups you'd like to have it sent to. We also are offering and showcasing all of the brand's new products that they're working on, showcasing prototypes and things like that, so you can really be kept up to date on everything new and unique that they're offering. We also are going to be doing some collaboration with these brands, showcasing some unique limited edition product that's only offered to Ready Yeti members. And lastly, we have a private Facebook group for all active members so that you guys can get to know each other, communicate, hang out, um, and really uh, get to know each other and help us build this movement in the outdoor space. So if you want to check this out, you can head over to readyyeti.com slash members and enter the code Yeti Podcast to get your first month free. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host on today's episode. I'm sitting down with one of the co-founders of Dolphin Pack, uh, Mike Pimentel. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Not a problem, Josh. We really appreciate you having us on and for all the support. Excited to be on today. Yeah, with, without a doubt. So for, for the listener that may not be familiar with Dolphin Pack, you obviously specialize in making a Hydro Pack, but it really goes a step further than that in um, making a Hydro Pack that you can really use doing any sort of outdoor extreme activity, right? Correct. Yeah, so um, most people, to give the overall, is they've heard of Camelback, and they make an excellent product, and they have for years. And we're not even necessarily trying to compete with what they're doing. Uh, we found a niche that in the market where there wasn't really a hydration pack that was specifically made for action sports, you know, for really strenuous activities, whether it be obstacle course races, surfing, paddleboarding. Um, it's a form-fitting pack. You know, it's built specifically to form-fit to your body, to not move at all. Uh, you can wear it under a ski jacket. You know, once it's on, it's almost like you don't even know you're wearing it. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, once I actually got mine, I was like, wow, this thing's really lightweight. It's, um, like, I use it predominantly skiing, right? So, like, um, wearing it underneath my ski jacket, you barely even notice it's there, um, which is great. And, like, like the obvious advantage of having a hydro pack is you don't have to carry a water bottle or take breaks or whatever, um, which is such a huge advantage. Now, how did you get into this? What made you decide to start Dolphin Pack? Um, well, the idea really came from one specific moment. Um, about six years ago, we were surfing in El Salvador. Um, a friend of mine has a house there, and we're down there all the time. And a lot of the waves are in really remote locations. So 
we needed something to bring water with us. Um, and the thing is, is a lot of these waves are not like right on the beach. Like you're having to paddle pretty far out to get to them. So, you know, you're surfing three, four hours, sometimes even six hours straight through. You don't want to be coming to the beach back and forth. So we're like, hey, how can we create something that will bring the water into the lineup with you? And then a couple of years later, we're like, hey, let's just do this for fun and like make one for ourselves because we want to use it. And then once we kind of had a little design and started testing it, we're like, wow, this thing really works. And then even though the idea came from kind of a surfing element, it's really exploded way beyond that and surfing isn't really a blip on our radar anymore um it's just gone so far with so many different other things that it's become useful for so how many different categories are, are you in um a specific number i don't know if i have one but i mean it's really anything where you need to stay hydrated everything from paddle boarding skiing snowboarding i've seen rock climbers use it I've seen people who wakeboard wear under their life jacket. Um, I know tri triathletes use it when they're biking, running, and swimming. Um, the obstacle course race, like Spartan, CrossFit events, and stuff like that, has become huge. Where those guys are, you know, going 110 percent, and they just need a little bit of water. You know, not like a three-liter Camelback that's going to weigh them down. So they just need something super lightweight. So it's really just exploded beyond where we could have ever imagined and even into to other markets that we weren't necessarily like involved in you know like we're in florida so we're not big into snowboarding or skiing but yet right we tons and tons of product out west so it's awesome to watch that growth and now have you ever gotten like an email from a customer and they're like using it for something we're just like wow I, I never in a million years thought someone would use it for this um swimming was one of the big ones and then I actually took one out after a customer had, you know, wrote me about that they use it for swimming. And I went and swam with it in the ocean. I was like, wow, this thing really works. You can actually swim and it doesn't restrict your movement in the water. And, you know, some of those guys are swimming miles at a time. And you don't think about it when you're in the water, but you're actually sweating and losing, like, necessary body fluids. And you need to hydrate out there. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I like I'm not much of a swimmer. I sink. <laughs> so, so like that the idea of that would just would never enter my mind. <laughs> yeah, it didn't mind either. <laughs> but that no, that's it's so funny. You don't even realize all the different uses for your product until you you get people using it and buying it and all that kind of stuff. Um, exactly. That's been one of the most fun aspects is to see see where that thing see where those things go. Yeah. Now, so your background, you're originally from Florida, you, you currently live in Florida, and obviously the surfing background is what helped you create Dolphin Pack. Um, but would would you study in school? Did you always sort of know that you may, maybe would start a company someday? Yeah, um, I think I kind of did, actually. Uh, my parents are both entrepreneurs, and they're still owner-operator of their business to this day, and they kind of instilled that you know, self-reliant work ethic in me at a young age. Um, I started out in elementary school selling lemonade and Snickers bars on the corner of the street. And then in high school, I had my own lawn maintenance company with like a dozen different clients. And then, yeah, I went to college uh, here in St. Augustine, actually, at Flagler College, studied business administration and economics. 
And then after graduation, I worked for a large surf retailer called Surf Station. They're brick and mortar and one of the largest online retailers of surfboards. And was there for seven years, worked my way up to general manager, um, got a ton of experience in retail and e-commerce from there. And then that's actually where I met my partner, Gabe, and he and I worked side by side in office together. And then just, you know, talking every day, going back and forth, we started bouncing this idea off of each other and then just decided one day to pull the trigger. It's, uh, I always love hearing the, the story of how everything sort of came together and it's sort of just very like, oh, yeah, this happened and this happened and then just by happenstance, we, uh, we started a business. <laughs> yeah, people, people, you know, come to me and they're like, wow, like what an accomplishment. And it's like, yeah, it is. And I'm really, really proud of it. But to be honest, it was as easy as just saying, you know, screw it. We're going to try it. We're going to put minimal money into it. We'll see what the reaction is. If it doesn't work, whatever, we'll go on to the next project. If it does work, then, you know, we'll put our feet to the ground and, and run with it. And so your way of really testing that is by running a Kickstarter, right? When you originally started in 2014? Yep, that was it. And we raised, I think, just over $12,000 on Kickstarter with over 200 um, donations. So then, then what happened? What, what, was, what was the next step? Then we basically took that feedback, made one, um, one last set of altercations to the design of the product. Um, we had already had vetted all of our manufacturing and all, all of our sourcing and stuff, so that was in line. Um, sent in the final sample. It was approved. The money from Kickstarter came in. That paid for the initial purchase order. Um, Everything arrived, and and um, yeah, once that came in, we got everybody who set the Kickstarter up, sent them out their packs. Everyone was stoked, and then from there, we used our additional funds to do um, one of the AST Surf Expo shows in Orlando, and that was our first big event where we actually launched the product at Surf Expo Orlando and had just a tremendous turnout, and that was kind of what really opened our eyes and said, wow, I think we have something here, so let's see what we can do. It's so interesting. It's like that product validation. Like People are obviously liking the product, purchasing it um, before it's even out with the Kickstarter. Um, now, what was the growth like from 2014 to now in 2017? Um, what did that look like? And I guess it's sort of a two-part question. What would you attribute most of that growth to? What what did you do that really helped get the word out there and help you find new customers? Um, the growth has been really good. We've actually improved our numbers every single year and just completing our fourth year or actually our third complete year in sales, um, we've sold over 10,000 units. So that's kind of cool just to you know, sit back and think, you know, there's 10,000 10, people on this planet that are wearing a product that I design. Like that's a pretty cool idea. Um, but I think the real driving factor in the growth and success is just that there was that need. Um, this product didn't exist before. Uh, people had to use, you know, bulky Camelback-style hydration packs for their open ocean races, and they're getting chafed, and it's dragging them down, and it's heavy. And once they realized that this product was there, and at as cheap of a price as, as it is, it was a no-brainer to say, okay, I'll try it. 
And then once they did, they loved it so much. That's one of the great things is this product has spread so much from word of mouth. Where we get an order and they say, oh, my cousin has this and said I should get it. Or, you know, my boss at work has one and loves it. And that's kind of one of the driving factors behind that continued growth every year. Yeah, I mean, that bring, you bring a really good point. When I first found you guys and I was like, oh, it's only 45 bucks, <laughs> right? Because I guess I'm used to Camelback where I feel like to get a good one, it was like 80 bucks, 90 bucks right. for like a good uh, pack. So They're worth it. They yeah. are a great product. It is. Exactly. So it's like when you see this, you're like, well, it's sort of unique in the fact that like if you're more active in whatever activity that you're doing, it sort of makes sense, right? Right. So how, what made you, how did you come up with the pricing? Um, well, that was one of the major factors was making this pack as minimalistic as possible. And once you start eliminating all those zippers and plastic fittings and extra seams and, po- and pockets and things like that, the price just drastically comes down. Like your costs are nowhere near what it would be to add those features. And for what our product is supposed to be, you don't need the extra pockets for your keys or whatever because that's not the idea. You're just taking water. Although the pack will, you know, it'll hold your cell phone. It'll hold your keys if you need it, but it's all in the same um, the same pouch as the reservoir. So we just eliminated all the fluff and just made it just for water. And by doing that, you know, the cost came down, and that's how we're able to offer that price. And the entire time, you knew that's exactly what you wanted to do. There wasn't at any point where you're like, okay, maybe we'll include a few pockets. It was always just like, okay, this is this is our niche. This is what we're going for, and we're sticking to it. Exactly, exactly. And with the success of the product, um, that will continue to be our you know flagship pack. Um, but to, you know, just give a little hint, the next you know, 12 months, 18 months, we are in some new product development to start adding some other things to the brand. Um, so we are going to be coming out with some new things that don't necessarily differ from from what we stand for with it being completely minimalistic and, and, and for action sports. Um, but there is that customer that loves the design of our pack that does want that extra space. Um, marathon runners need a little bit more. They need the energy bars. They need things like that. Um, same with triathletes. So we want to focus a little bit more in those arenas as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I can see that. So you start out with your, your flagship product, like you said, and then as you build that base, you can venture out into other products. That's, that's really cool. I'm excited to see what you guys um, introduce in the, in the coming year. Um, now, I want to ask you if there's something um, unique about uh, you, your business, or your product that um, isn't as well known to most of your consumers and, and your and your following. Um, I would actually say that our devotion to using the product is what really makes us unique and sets us apart. I use my dolphin pack every single day of the week, even if I'm not, you know, out on the surfboard or whatever. I'm taking it to the golf course. Um, it sits in my passenger seat because not only does it work for being a hydration pack, but it's also a water bottle. You don't need to buy another plastic water bottle. You know, our seas and and dumps are just overflowing with plastic that we can't get rid of. So why even throw another water bottle out there? So I think that's one of the things that makes us unique is we're actually using this thing 
every single day. Like, it, it's not something that, you know, this was a good idea. I'm going to make it. I'm going to go sell them to people. Like, this is actually something we, we believe in and, and we're trying to improve every day. No, definitely. You bring up a lot of really great points. Now, um, that sort of touches on the, uh, the idea of sustainability. And I wanted to ask you, specifically with the manufacturing of Dolphin Pack, and obviously since you're an avid surfer, an outdoor person, you obviously give a crap about the environment. So what steps did you go through in making sure that um, in the sourcing and manufacturing of the Dolphin Pack that you did it in the most environmentally sustainable way possible? Yeah, so full disclosure, our products are fully assembled here in the U.S., but our materials are manufactured in Asia. Um, so right off the bat, you have that environmental footprint of just the shipping, of just getting them here. Um, that that has an effect. Um, so, you know, it's not we, – we want to make products in the U.S., but a lot of entrepreneurs, especially starting out in production, will find it's very difficult to find – a, a cost that you can afford to pay that then you can afford to make sales. Um, but aside from that, once we started really sourcing the factories overseas, we probably vetted about two dozen different, different manufacturers and we would check their background with factory certifications, labor standards, all that sort of stuff. Um, there's kind of a list of requirements that you can look at for us based companies when doing things like this. And as long as you kind of follow a certain set of procedures and make sure you have certain legitimate certifications, um, that's the, the process we took. And, and going through two different manufacturers, getting samples, sending money back and forth, um, just overall communication over the phone, email, you kind of get a general vibe of who's being honest with you, who's not being honest with you. Um, so... So it was, it was, it was really difficult sourcing something halfway around the globe or further. Um, but I think in the end, doing this, we've, we've really learned a lot of lessons. Um, but we can safely say that we're still with our original manufacturers. So I think we did a pretty good job of vetting them to begin with. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if you're, if you can stick with someone for that long, it's a, it's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's a good point because most manufacturers or most companies that aren't manufacturing things themselves are jumping from manufacturer to manufacturer every couple of cycles. And it's really good to have the consistency and the relationship built with ours that, you know, we're speaking the same language, we're on the same terms. It just makes communication and getting things done the right way a lot easier. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, along this entire journey, did you have any mentors that really helped you uh, develop Dolphin pack? Um, not specifically. Um, I mean, Cave, my partner, is an incredibly intelligent dude. He's kind of been on the same entrepreneurial path that I have, um, more or less from like a, a web development phase, and he has a couple of his own businesses as well. Um, but he was actually a mentor to me in the beginning, even though he's, you know, a direct peer of mine just seeing some of the early on success that he had. But again, my parents were both entrepreneurs and I wouldn't necessarily say they had much input in like the actual idea and design of coming up with Dolphin Pack, but from a business background, um, accounting, marketing, 
budget, things like that. They've been a tremendous help. You know, I can pick up the phone and just call one of my parents and say, hey, when you guys had this problem with a client or with someone not paying or whatever, what did you do? And, you know, they're giving me an honest answer, like parent to child. So that's a really good relationship to have. So I think both those, my parents, and just having um, Kate really push me are, are, are the two that I was influenced by, by the most. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's always good to surround yourself with people who um, can push you like that and will give you that honest answer and aren't going to sh- sugarcoat anything. Exactly. Um, so with the with the culture, I want to ask you specifically what what's the what's the daily life like in Dolphin Pack? I know you are full time and you you um, have a co founder founder and you've got a few part time people coming in when. Um, things get busy. So walk us through what, what sort of a normal day looks like. Yeah, so Cape and I are both um, full-time, and we work um, from our respective home offices. So we're chatting back and forth, you know, text, chat all day, um, email, and that's kind of our form of communication and stuff like that. But then we have orders from our website that come in every day. I myself am responsible for, you know, just slapping a shipping label on them and getting them out. Um, We ship a big Amazon order every single Wednesday. So we ship out dozens of units every Wednesday. Um, So a few times a week we'll have have staff that comes in. We'll get everything packaged, processed, all set up for shipping. So that way when orders do come in, we're just putting them in a box, taping them up, and shipping them out. Um, So... It's really, you know, this conveyor belt every day of the same sort of process. You know, the orders come in and everything's packed and ready to go. And we just got to get a label on it and get it out. And that's the great thing to e-commerce is just the ease in that. Um, So a lot of the hard work and focus comes with uh, marketing, advertising, advertising. Keeping up with social media, which is such a bigger animal than than people uh, realize when it comes to business. Um, so yeah, it's not really like your full fledged um, nine to five structured workflow. Um, when it's busy, it's busy. When it's slow, it's slow. And that's when you know we're focusing on product development, product testing, and things like that. So kind of a different a different vibe every day and just overall we're just trying to have fun i mean that's the name of the game at the end of the day yeah and i assume you're, you're working in surf sessions and other outdoor activities uh amongst all the work of course of course you got to have fun you got to work hard to play hard but there's plenty of nights you know where you're in the office till 10 or later and and the good thing is is i never see it as work i'm always having fun doing it yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, so what, what's the hardest part about building a Dolphin Pack? I would say, like we mentioned before, sourcing. That was just really difficult to do at such a distance and to find people that you trust. Um, it was a strenuous, stressful process. You know, it's like I'm sending company A $25,000. <laughs> like, what's yeah. going to happen? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I would say that was, that was the most difficult part so far. Yeah. It's sort of nerve wracking. You're, you're sending all this money and you don't really have anything to show or it won't show up for a few months. Right. And then yeah. when it does, you're like, I hope it's not messed up. <laughs> exactly. Cause what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, I've heard some pretty bad nightmare stories. I know. We've uh, been incredibly lucky. That's great. That's that's really good that you've been able to avoid a lot of that. Um, what's your greatest fear <laughs> while we're talking about it in terms with uh, Dolphin Pack? Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say fear, but definitely our biggest challenge is just keeping up with, with the evolving market that we're in. Um, we're out there, you know, Dolphin Pack, with, with one of the, you know, a, a huge, huge competitor in the market in Camelback. So just, you know, even trying to get the little percentage from them that we are, you know, that's scary just trying to keep up with that. Um, they have the resources and the ability to change and evolve on a dime, and we don't. So we've got to be really creative in the ways that we do that. And our best tool for that is probably social media. That's the best way to, you know, get the feedback from your customers, see what they're needing, see what they're wanting to stay ahead of the curve. And and w- within a smaller company, you have that more kind of mom and pop feel to it that you can connect with your customers. So I'd say that's our biggest tool in, in managing that, that challenge. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made to this point? Um, I would say probably rushing into production with our initial design after the after the first Kickstarter. Um, I think if we would have used a couple of extra months of testing, we would have figured out a few changes that we actually inevitably made when the Dolphin Pack V2 came out less than a year once the first one did. Um, so if I had a do-over, I would go back and I would make sure that we had addressed those issues before we even designed the first the first version of the pack. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. So what kind of feedback were you getting from users that you were, you were realizing the improvements that you had to make? It was more in the the material and the straps being comfortable. Um, some users who wanted the pack extremely tight to their body would notice some um, chafing and rubbing from the the way the edge of the Velcro met the elastic on the strap. And that was something pretty simple that we should have seen to begin with, but just kind of overlooked. And then, you know, once, you know, 2,000 people had the product, you start, you know, getting an email, you know, once a week, hey, this this is really chafing me, like, here's a simple design fix, which we already knew what it was, and and inevitably, once we had that second production order, everything was changed. Yeah, it's little things like that, where once it's on scale and a ton of people have it, you're like, duh. <laughs> exactly. Like, how did we miss that? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in... Uh, the outdoor space, or really just a business in general? I would say just go for it. Um, in all honesty, it's really as simple as just taking that one chance. If you start small, you know, keep it local, find a partner that you can count on, which is the most important part, then you can really start with a minimal risk. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, then you haven't really gone all in, and you can just kind of find that next project. But, you know, if it does have some early on success, then you just, you know, put a little more into it each and every day. And then you just continue to grow it. And and it's just as simple as just one day saying, all right, I'm going to do it. Because, I mean, we like that was us. We said we're going to do it. So we went to craft stores and bought, you know, neoprene thread, all that stuff and went home, sat in the living room 
cut out patterns of neoprene and then sewed it all together. And, you know, that cost us 25 bucks. And then we did that for a week. And, and it's really just as simple as that. Yeah, it's just getting started. There's nothing worse than having an idea and then a year or two goes by and then finding out that someone else did it and it was successful. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> Everyone has that aha moment. Exactly. Aha moment. How, how many people invented Uber before Uber was? Oh, invented? yeah, I know, At right? At least 15 friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Travis actually did it. He pulled the trigger and made it happen. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and just start small. Like, I mean... Uber is not the best example because you need, you know, millions of dollars of, of in- infrastructure. <laughs> but start sure. small, you know. Make something at home. Take what you're good at and turn that into a job. Turn that into a way to make money. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And you, you don't have to quit your job to do it. <laughs> no, uh-uh. I didn't quit my job for for four and a half years once I started. Yeah, no, I mean... to some long days. <laughs> yeah, I know that game. I totally know that game. And it... It, it depends on the business, but in a lot of cases that makes sense because you don't you don't want to be making a decision solely based on the financial result of it, right? You want to make right, the decision exactly. because it's the right thing to do. Right. It's never been financial for us. It's always just been about having fun and see it where seeing where it takes us. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Now you, you've alluded to this a little bit in the beginning. Uh, you're talking about products you have on the horizon, but what's in store for the next year, five years, and ten years? Have you thought about it with Dolphin Pack? For sure. Well, yeah, like I said, um, short term, the next year, we're really focused on some new innovative uh, products, um, just kind of catering to more of the needs of what our customers are telling us. Um, Five-year plan, we're really looking to get into more of a branding phase, you know, really making Dolphin Pack a known a known brand, a, a product that has a great established reputation in the, mar- in the market. Um you know, something where that when someone hears Dolphin Pack, they're like, oh, I've seen that ad, or I follow them on Instagram, or I have one, or so-and-so has one. Um, we really want to release some, some in-depth marketing campaigns that kind of focus on environmental issues. Um, there's some cool companies out there or, or organizations that we're trying to partner with um, that can help others in, you know, foreign countries obtain clean water, because that's a huge issue that not a lot of people know about. Um, and then, you know, long-term goal, you know, 10, 20 years from now, we're really just hoping to become a beacon in the outdoor community, just a brand that everyone knows on the top of their head, and then hopefully actually, you know, be a large enough company that, that we're a large employer to our, our local community here in Florida. That's uh, great goals. And, uh, it's obvious that you've really thought it through and, um, Building something more than a business is, is is important, right? Like you want to create some sort of positive change. Building an idea, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's so important, and it's um something that lasts longer than than we do, right? Yep, and, and for that's sure. Really the ultimate goal. Um, that is, leave something behind. Exactly. Now, now, what's the best part about running Dolphin Pack? Um, the best part is just hearing from the customers that love the product. There's no better feeling than hearing that that someone enjoys something that you created that's that's the bottom line i mean that's just the most fun you wake up in the morning and you got an email for someone who gave their boyfriend a gift for christmas and he absolutely loved it and freaked out and now she's going to get one like that that's what i enjoy the most about it yeah i couldn't agree with you more it's um pleasing people and getting them just excited 
just it's such a great fulfilling feeling. Um, now, if you're listening to this between um, the month of December up to the 26th, the day after Christmas, you can actually enter to win uh, one of two Dolphin Packs. We're going to be giving away uh, a ton of gear on Ready Yeti um, with a number of brands. And so if you want to head over to Ready Yeti, you can enter for your chance to win. Um, but with that, Mike, I really I really want to appreciate you for, for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story and really um, show what it's really all about in building a business. And if, uh, if listeners want to keep tabs on what you're doing and what you guys uh, have going on in the future, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, just check us out at DolphinPack.com or at DolphinPack on Instagram. And yeah, Josh, I just wanted to say thank you very much for all the support and everything over, I'd say, like the last year. We've been communicating back and forth. And to all your listeners out there, Ready Yeti's amazing. Uh, definitely check them out. Follow them for that deal. They're giving away a ton of gear aside from Dolphin Packs. I checked it out. It's like so much awesome stuff. So yeah, be sure to check out Ready Yeti. And yeah, we just really love the support that you guys have thrown our way. Yeah, well, like uh, it's um, it's a wonderful thing being able to work with uh, with brands that have the same sort of values. And uh, with that, I, again, I really appreciate it. Not a problem, Josh. So do we. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Yeti Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.